What's up, guys? Welcome to the Humans of MarTech podcast. His name is John Taylor. My name is Phil Gamash. Our mission is to future-proof the humans behind the tech so you can have a successful and happy career in marketing. What's up, everyone? If you haven't checked out our previous three episodes in our AI series, you might want to do that before this episode. We give you a lot of context around some of the events that have happened and will shape kind of the conversation of this episode today. So basically, our first episode uh, was about how fast AI could basically replace or change marketing jobs. The second episode, we dive deep into how marketers can stay informed and become AI fluent. And in our most recent episode last week, episode three or part three, uh, was exploring new paths to future-proof your marketing career in the age of AI, if you will. So today's kind of the more more of a fun episode, uh, especially the one that I've been diving deepest into and we're essentially going to be uh, going over a bunch of different AI tools. And, you know, there's a lot of noise out there right now. So we want to talk about, you know, how how do you cut through that noise? How do you figure out like tools that are actually legitimately AI powered and, and um, the, the good ones from kind of the, the gimmicky ones and, and which ones you should uh, kind of jump in and play around with. So that's the topic for uh, this episode today. Um if you're you're gonna stick around with me, I think this one might be a bit of a long one, but uh, I'll start off by giving you a bit of an outline. If there's a category of tools that you're uh, more interested in in diving into, and um, yeah, on the, uh, the the blog post for for this episode, I'll have timestamps in there so you can just like skip to the tools that you're uh, a bit more interested in diving into. But yeah, if you're you're sticking around with me, uh, I'm recording this episode solo uh, again, just like I did for part two, uh, given. JT uh, the day off here. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of this is just kind of my uh, curiosity and taking a deep dive into some of these tools here. So I actually wanted to start by uh, reading a quote from the Marketing Weekly, uh, one, number 107. Uh, Juan Mendoza talks about ChatGPT and the artificial marketer. He explains that generative AI tools are already everywhere, and from text generation to video and audio production, image creation, there's a thriving industry of technology. Uh, technologies taking small slices out of our creative talents, packaging them up and selling them as a SaaS product on a recurring revenue model. If you're wanting to stay relevant five years from now in the marketing technology industry, you're probably going to have to learn some of these platforms. In 2010, we used to say there's an app for that. In 2023, we will be saying there's an AI for that. So love that quote. Uh, definitely check out the Marketing Weekly if you uh, aren't already subscribed, if you're a fan of newsletters. But if not, he also um, puts out a lot of uh, podcasts on making sense of MarTech. Uh, so that's Juan Mendoza there. But yeah, I, I felt like that was a really good way of introducing this episode here. I actually even thought of titling this episode. Uh, there's an AI tool for that. Um, but yeah, the title of this one, anyways, working right now is uh, how to find the top AI marketing tools and then filter out the noise. So here's here's the outline for for today's episode. And again, like I said, I'm going to have some timestamps in there so you guys can jump into the, the categories that you're more interested in. So we're going to start off by going over a couple of key AI technology definitions and how to differentiate, um, quote unquote, like real AI versus, um, you know, just like decision trees and, and simple like uh, if and or this statements. 
And uh, then we'll be taking a deep dive into some of the tools. So I've got them separated in a bunch of different categories. So we've got content marketing tools to start off with. Then we'll do email and marketing automation tools. We'll talk about predictive analytics tools after that. And then uh, a bit into text presentation and pitch decks tools, uh, 3D animation tools for product marketers. Also talk about sales and outreach tools, a little bit about text to website creator tools, ad and social creator tools. And obviously, we can't really talk about AI tools without at least uh, giving a uh, getting a glimpse into Auto GPT and AI agent uh, tools, and then um, also have a, a bunch of other tools like conversational search engine, one to one combos with celebrities, and and couple of like fun other tools, and uh, an even longer list of honorable mentions. So again, like I said, I'll have timestamps if you want to like skip to to some of these there. But here's today's main takeaway. The key to future-proofing your marketing career with the ever-changing AI landscape is to stay curious, get your hands dirty, and experiment fearlessly. Fill out some forms, spin up free trials, get on wait lists, and give new AI tools a chance. It's only by actually getting your hands dirty that you'll discover which tools truly work for you and which are just part of the ever-growing sea of gimmicky AI tools. So that's what we're going to be diving into today. I, I had the the pleasure of getting my hands dirty and, and trying out uh, a lot of these tools here. Some of them I didn't actually, because um, it's like paywall or uh, they're actually kind of enterprise tools. So I, I did get a chance to speak to some folks or did a lot of research about some of the tools. But yeah, I want to start off with like definition of some of the different technology terms uh, that are thrown around when you're, you're reading documentation on some tools and we're like, yeah, yeah, this is AI powered. It's like, what, what does that actually mean? So um, some of these terms I'll be using throughout uh, my analysis, my research of, of some of these tools here. And um, here's like kind of a bit of a primer explaining. Um, maybe I'll, I'll keep it to just the three most common AI technologies used for, for marketing applications. And again, like I said, uh, in every episode, I think I did like um, definitely not a, a data scientist here, not an AI expert, but um, I'm a marketer who's definitely um, optimistic about the changes in AI, in, AI, uh, in, in marketing jobs and like how we do our day-to-day -day stuff. But uh, yeah, like uh, episode two is really the best spot to, to learn from folks if you really want to become AI fluent. So this is me just diving into like the, the marketing application side of it and some of the tools that are out there. So machine learning ML is, you know, kind of the, the most common one that I, I've seen in product descriptions and, and on tools, websites that say that they're AI powered. ML is basically a way to teach computers to learn by themselves. So instead of using if and or statements, you don't have to program every single task. Um, ML basically allows models to learn from examples and data patterns to make predictions and decisions and applications for machine learning and marketing include like segmentation going from you know you manually describing how to put people into different buckets to just like turning on the auto segmentation bucket and going from just like a handful of segments to hundreds or thousands and like segments of one um so personalization and segmentation is definitely like one of those applications 
There's also predictive analytics, which we're going to talk about here a little bit. Um, the ability to kind of like predict whether someone is going to purchase something, whether they're going to churn or uh, whether they're going to like recommend this to, to someone else. And similarly to that, we have these propensity models um, that give you uh, uh, like a segment of people that you can specifically target because they're more likely to, um, you know, convert based on this offer versus this other subset of customers. So We'll talk about some of the examples of, of application there, but that's machine learning in a nutshell. And obviously it's way more complicated than that, but uh, a term that's related to machine learning and that you'll see in a lot of these marketing tools is NLP, natural language processing. This is a subset of machine learning and it focuses on enabling computers to understand, interpret, and generate human language. So this includes things like sentiment analysis, being able to see like on social people are saying about your brand without going through every single message. What is like um, optimistic messages or promoting type of messages versus the detractors and people that are like talking shit about you essentially. Um, but aside from sentiment analysis, there's like machine translation, uh, named entity recognition, text summarization, and a lot of other different things like NLP techniques usually help computers and software understand and communicate with humans using everyday language. Uh, the next one, which is a bit less common, uh, especially in like the marketing landscape, is GNNs, uh, graph neural networks. So GNNs also are a subset of ML. They're a type of neural network that aims to handle graph structured data. So data is basically organized like a network or a web of connected points. Like you see all those like HR Im uh, AI images. So applications include analyzing relationships between different things like users in a social network or users in a database or recommending additional products based on uh, past uh, purchase history. So you you probably used a lot of these GNN tools um, in the past. They're, they're actually really more common than, than you see kind of behind the scenes. Okay, so th those are like the three most common ones that you might hear in, in the description of, of some of my tools here. But I want to also like coin the conversation by talking about real AI versus noise. Like there is a ton of noise out there. Like if you're on Twitter like me and you're following some um, some of these like AI fluent folks, uh, like there's a lot of like Twitter bros out there that are just like, you know, uh, chat GPT is dead. The the future is auto GPT. Right? Auto GPT is dead. The future is like Chrome extensions. Like there's. There's so much noise out there and people are just like jumping on this like high bang wagon to, to just get some followers out there. But part of the reason AI gets a really bad rap, especially in MarTech, is that anything that's built on like if statements or simple JavaScript logic gets called artificial intelligence. There's still plenty of AR startups that shout about their proprietary AI when it's probably just like a few decision trees behind the scenes and um, maybe even like interns running spreadsheets. Now, though, like because of chat GPT, you have an even bigger bucket of noise. That's essentially our tool is like this slight tweak on chat GPT and we've like remodeled the user interface a little bit. But like developing artificial intelligence that was comparable to human performance was a pretty challenging feat prior to uh, GPT's arrival. To achieve this level of sophistication, a company would have to 
like pour a ton of money into this and a lot of time, like substantial investments, uh, millions of dollars here, like developing their own algorithm, performing extensive data cleanup. But because of GPT now, and um, it's it's really easy to get something out of the box by building on top of GPT. And Alan Cheng puts this really simply, uh, starting a new AI venture can be achieved by simply assembling a few elements. Number one, a product develop on top of GPT-4's user-friendly API. Number two, a website. Number three, a marketing campaign. And this is why we're seeing this flood of tools out there. And there's more that are popping up uh, every single week. A lot of these GPT-based products are pretty much indistinguishable from one another. Maybe a handful have a significant advantage over others, but most of them are pretty gimmicky. Like I've downloaded and then signed up for a bunch of these and then can save you a lot of time here. And over the next few months, every tool is going to be integrating with ChatGPT and, and like the plugin store that they're opening, um, basically like features inside their products in the hopes of making it stickier, right? I'm already going to show a bunch of these uh, examples there. Like the bunch of product teams right now are thinking like, we don't have anything with AI on our roadmap right now. Like let's pause X, Y, and Z and like, let's figure out a way to integrate chat GPT inside of our product. And um, there, there's a lot of examples of that honestly already, but it, the, the thread of GPT N is like really real here. Like maybe not GPT five or six, but like maybe seven or eight, like GPT N. The part that I find trickiest and the most discouraging about all of these tools that are built on top of GPT is that any progress you make on fine-tuning GPT-4's model will essentially be like potentially wiped out by GPT-5 or GPT-6. Kind of like uh, we talked in on previous episodes, like uh, GPT's plugins killed a lot of like YC batch companies in, in 2022 and 2023, like those like AI doc readers, like uh, plugins are, are already replacing a lot of those things. But um, anyways, that's that's a good enough preamble, I think. So let's let's cut through the noise and, and dive into some legit AI tools, the ones that you should be playing with and uh, experimenting. So let's uh, let's take a dive together. All right, let's start off with content marketing tools. You have probably heard of Copy.ai and Jasper. They are maybe the two best known AI marketing tools uh, out there, and they've been around for a few years. Um, Jasper actually went through a couple of different rebrandings, um, but Copy.ai has also been kicked around a lot. They have millions of users in there. They're essentially AI text generators, and they're super common, like, Copy.ai and Jasper are the most popular ones. They they kind of like started uh, this wave a little bit, um, but especially for marketers, like um, the, the applications and the use cases are bills for them. So they both allow you to bypass the initial stage of writing where you basically face a blank page. That's like the main value proposition there. It's like if you're a marketer and you're writing content and you're like facing a blank page, you have like writer's block. Here's like Jasper and copy.ai to get you kind of like kickstarted, right? Like the promise of these tools is that they help you in generating ideas, saving time on brainstorming and drafting. They ensure a consistent productive workflow, freeing you from focusing on higher level shit as opposed to like always um, doing the writing and focusing on original research and connecting with your audience, blah, blah, blah. I've played around with both Jasper and copy.ai for several months now. I actually signed up um, 
like way back when they were initially launching. And um, at the time, like it was built on top of GPT-3 or 3.5 and it was kind of just like, all right. Um, but both copy.ai and Jasper are built on top of GPT, I believe GPT-4 in both cases now, and they essentially rent usage of the platform. So they built a really nice UI on top of GPT and, and both products did a really good job of that. Like they both have a really nice UI. Um, you can get a lot of the same output out of GPT, uh, out of ChatGPT yourself with like you manually prompting ChatGPT, but the value of Jasper and copy.ai is that you're saving a lot of time prompting by just going through this like templated approach or like a wizard approach of just like, what are you trying to build? Like a blog post or an email, you click through on that. What's like the theme of your email, describe it a little bit. And then it like kickstarts something. And then you pick on like what you like, what you don't like. So it, it's definitely easier and more seamless. Like the user experience is, is a lot better and, and probably like faster to get to something uh, than if you're like prompting manually with uh, Chad GPT. But yeah, like now that ChatGPT came out, like uh, both Jasper and Copy.ai came out like years before ChatGPT, but they were using um, GPT 3.5. Now they're on 3BD, uh, GPT 4, but you know, I'm sure those tools have probably seen a drop in like active users since ChatGPT came out. Um, ChatGPT is a lot cheaper for the end user to be using. Like um, Jasper is pretty expensive for, for marketing teams, but they have like uh, different pricing models and stuff like that. I won't be covering like pricing too much because that's probably going to change. And um, I'm trying to make this as evergreen as possible. But I know by the time I'm recording this, like there's probably going to be a bunch of new tools and tools that have been absorbed or whatever. But um, it, it is kind of concerning that they probably had a drop in, in active users. Plus GPT-4 is like three times more expensive uh, to rent um, than uh, some of its predecessors. But anyways, all that to be said, like they're worth like kicking uh, like a free trial and, and checking them out. Like they still offer marketing specific value though. And, and you, you can get up to speed really faster than using ChatGPT from like these templates. Um, like I said, they're, both tools are, are super powerful and you can make a case that Jasper potentially outshines um, copy.ai a, a bit, especially on the longer content format but it's also way more expensive than, than copy.ai. Uh, but yeah, if you're interested in like a breakdown of, of both of them, uh, Miguel Rebello from Zapier has a really solid breakdown and I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. Grammarly Go uh, is another one that was released recently that definitely falls into this content marketing bucket. Um, they are calling this a new generation of writing and then AI communication assistance. Um, you'll see a lot of those coming out with tools that um, you can use to basically write stuff like here's our new like AI copy assistant, right? Like there's going to be a lot of those and they're just going to be a flavor of uh, ChatGPT integrated inside of their product. So Grammarly is definitely doing this they're they're that popular spelling and grammar checker um, they've been um, using ai for over a decade already technically um, with their product but they entered the generative ai niche um, last month using uh, when they unveiled grammarly go and you guessed it it, it is built on gpt as well so it does have a particular advantage because Grammarly is already widely used and this is just an extra feature of the product, so to speak. So instead of just like checking your grammar, it can now also help you with drafting documents, composing and responding to emails, editing writing tone, clarity, blah, blah, blah. But like 
that's not really why people use Grammarly. Like I've used it in the past and it's like to make sure I'm not making any stupid spelling mistakes and typos on shit. Like I'm not going to use Grammarly to help me draft a document from scratch, you know, and, and a lot of people actually, Juan Mendoza recently on Twitter has said that like the pop-ups to use like Grammarly Go is just like incredibly annoying and like not really part of the use case that they care about a lot. So there's, like I said, a lot of tools um, are going the Grammarly route and adding GPT features to their products like Notion. I'm a huge uh, Notion user and they added like AI features again. And I'm like, if I'm using Notion, I, I don't need like an, an AI tool in there, but they they have a plugin for it in there. Um, Superhuman, the the popular uh, email tool has uh, their their new AI assistant as well in there. But anyways, like we could go on and on on this like generative uh, AI tools for content marketers and content marketing folks specifically. There's there's a, like a massive list of this. It's probably the biggest category um, of folks. And it, it, this is like part of the reason why um, a lot of freelancers have been posting. Like I saw a post on Reddit the other day of a content marketing freelancer who was just like, yo, like I... I lost all my business. Like um, all, all of my customers are just like, yeah, like you're, you're too expensive now. Like I'm just using ChatGPT or I'm using Jasper now. And it's like more than good enough for the time being. Um, I'm still kind of on the fence about like how much impact is it having right now. But you know, like ChatGPT, uh, GPT 3.5 was like not that great of a writer. GPT four is like pretty good. And like, if if the the pace of acceleration continues there like in three five years like we're gonna have gpt six seven like chances are it's probably gonna be a better writer than you and we'll have your personal experience and it still like won't be able to fully replicate you as a writer but um the question is pretty valid like what is going to happen to folks that are just focusing on copywriting and can't really distinguish themselves from uh, some of these tools right now so yeah, a, a lot of these tools uh, on on the AI writing side specialize in SEO. Some specialize in like long form content. Some do short form. Some do email. I'll cover a couple of email specific ones, but more on like um, AI powered stuff. But yeah, like there's Copysmith, AnyWord, WriteSonic, Copymatic, Yara, Writer, Phrase. I'll link to, to all of those if, if you want to like give those a spin. Uh, but I think that it's fair to say Jasper and, and Copy.ai are best positioned to um, have the best uh, user experience. But again, th these are built on top of, of GPT, so keep that in mind. All right, next up is email. Email is just a channel of potential generative content tools as well, like I said. So it's not totally distinguishable from uh, the tools that we just chatted about in the content category, but um, it, it is a bit different. Like imagine email automation tools, right? It's not just about adding uh, a copywriting assistant to like you drafting up an email. Um, I wanted to take a, a, a deeper dive into some of the machine learning applications as well as natural language processing uh, applications to this. But like chances are, you know, that the marketing automation platform or the customer engagement platform or ESP, whatever you call it, um, you're already using a suite of AI features, quote unquote, um, that you know a lot of companies are just throwing ai next to most of these though are just machine learning and i've seen a lot of these discussions on twitter from um, folks that have like data scientists uh, experience and are just like you know like people that are doing very simple ml like it's not really ai like ai should be something that has like a neural network next to it and is a lot more powerful than just like simple machine learning 
But that being said, I wanted to like name drop some of these and, and like you're probably familiar with a lot of these tools already. Like some tools like Iterable and Braze have propensity models to find users that are likely to perform a purchase event. That's kind of predictive analytics, but not exactly. Um, that's machine learning though, right? Like, and it's really only based on your data set. Like Iterable and Braze don't really connect to a third-party data set. They basically just use a lot of the existing customer data that you have that you're throwing into Iterable and Braze. And they use machine learning to try to predict whether this cohort of people is going to purchase, whether they're going to churn, so things like that. And it's like only as reliable as the data set that you're providing. So if you're a startup or an SMB and you only have like uh, a handful of thousands of users, like it's not trained on a lot of data. So chances are it's not like super valuable for you. But if you're using Interable and Brazen and, and you're, you're playing around with some of those like AI propensity models, I'm curious to, to hear um, how, how it's worked for you in the past. It's been hit or, hit or miss for me. Um, I haven't used Braze extensively, but um, I'm using Interable at my current company right now. Um, there's also some tools like Seventh Sense. Uh, they throw AI in front of send time optimization features. A lot of your um, marketing automation tools have this send time optimization features. Uh, basically, the, this this feature has been around for a long time for marketing automation folks. And again, this is also machine learning. And it's based on your recipients. It's not like tied in in most cases to any third party data. Um, it's just like, you know, looking at the bulk of campaigns that you've sent to individual recipients. And it's like trying to predict that, you know, like you sent an email to people at 5 p.m and they didn't open it but when you sent it to them at like lunchtime they did open it so like they're like trying to tell you to optimize for like lunchtime for this type of person but it, it's still ml and it's still like really useful i've actually um had a lot of uh, incremental experiments with uh send time optimization features where um there is definitely like an uplift in in open rates how credible is open rate as <laughs> your main metric for an experiment this does a whole other podcast episode there but um yeah some tools also throw in front uh of their tool sentiment uh they throw ai in front of sentiment analysis features um and this allows you to kind of analyze and classify the emotional tone of text and into useful data this is also um, ML, like we said, a subset of ML is natural language processing. Um, and, you know, it, it, there is some value in doing this. Like most of the applications are are in social media, but NLP is, is a very common use case here. Um, but yeah, I talked about seven cent, uh, seven cents on the send time optimization feature. There's also a tool called six cents. Um, and it's just like the, the number six cents. I'll, I'll link to that too. Um, I think this one's a, a bit more popular. Uh, I have actually never uh, used it, but have a lot of, um, folks in my network that, that do use it. And I've uh, gotten uh, the chance to chat with folks that have used it and did some extensive research on it. Um, Six Sense, they throw AI in front of um, their conversational email assistant, and I'll chat about them a little bit more. But um, this is supposed to be a step up from the static drop uh, drip email sequences uh, that uh, a lot of email marketers are probably very familiar with. Um, but again, this is also another form of natural language processing and, and generative AI as well. So yeah, I mean, you're you're likely to start seeing uh, a lot of these copy assistants and additional AI features powered uh, on top of GPT inside of a lot of your email automation tools. But 
I wanted to take the next couple of minutes uh, on the topic of email uh, to chat about a couple of products that I feel really stand out from the others in terms of, you know, like this is the tool and there are some like kind of useful AI features, but not really. They're just built on your data and there's not a lot of thought behind them. Um, some of them actually really stand out here um, and, you know, they're built as AI is the foundational value of this tool instead of it just being a feature on the side. And I, I've actually not used um, either of these tools here. So I'm going to be chatting about Persado and Optimove or Optimove, Optimove. I don't know how to pronounce it, but yeah. Um, Persado is really interesting. So um, one example I've seen, but haven't used myself, uh, they're calling themselves like a customer engagement platform and they're using advanced AI. So they're called Persado. Uh, the two co-founders are former founders of Upstream in the mobile marketing space. Similar to Six Sense's conversational email platform, they've been around for a decade and they claim to leverage natural language processing as well as uh, machine learning to create, optimize, and personalize engagement messaging. So they essentially analyze a bunch of data and identify the most common, uh, the most effective emotions, uh, call to actions, language, phrases to drive engagement within your messaging. So Persado is actually like a multi-channel thing. They're not just email, um, but it's worth calling it, them out because it's more than just predicting user behavior and optimizing the best time to send a message for this user. It takes it a step further by also incorporating a, a specific NLP technique that understands the nuances of human language and generating custom marketing messages that resonate uh, with some of your unique users. So this idea of like uh, segments of one, right? And one thing that makes Persado unique is it's not built on top of GPT. It has its own uh, proprietary model that's trained on more than 100 billion digital business language impressions across a bunch of different industries. So that's like really uh, interesting here because, you know, they're potentially less data points than GPT, but arguably better data points and more relevant impressions. Um, I actually read in interview with Lisa Spira, their VP of content intelligence at Persado. Um, her interview with MarTech series, she said something like, models like OpenAI's ChatGPT are trained on the entire wild west of the internet. So their results, while delivered confidently by the model, can be riddled with inaccuracies or even offensive content. She has that generative AI tools might be capable of writing anything, but Persado is able to cut through that noise and train their generative AI to write in a way that motivates recipients to take actions to open an email, convert on a shopping cart web page, or stop scrolling and click on a social media ad. So again, like this, not just email application, but it is a big piece of their product offering. And it's not just generative AI. Persado is pushing this term called motivation AI, and they have a really cool example of it. And I went down this like rabbit hole here, and they have a really cool um, on-demand webinar about it that, that I'll link. Uh, but let's say you're in the direct-to-consumer space, D2C, and you're selling sweaters or something like that. Generative AI gives you level one and two content. Um, so ChatGPT gives you intelligibility and relevance. So it might spit out content like sweaters are knitted garments that usually have long sleeves and are designed to be worn over other clothing. Or in the relevance uh, uh, level, level two, in the fall, sweaters provide an extra layer of warmth in the cooler temperatures. They are stylish choice for fall fashion because they come in a variety of colors and styles. 
But the next stage of this is including emotion to get an output like this. You're going to love these cozy sweaters for fall. And the following stage where Prasado claims to play is motivation, where you would get an output like this. A cozy invitation. Indulge in our luxuriously soft sweaters this fall. So now uh, all of this might just be semantics for you. Um, I'd argue that, you know, with great prompting, you could get some type of motivational or emotion based um, output from generative AI tools out there that that um, are kind of similar to this. But again, like I felt like this was really worth calling out because they're not like another tool that's just built on top of GPT and GPT has like a ton of data points and a ton of really shitty data points. They've built their own model and it still has like billions of impressions, but it's based on specific industries and arguably a much better uh, data set that's trained on. So Anyways, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to potentially at some point get, getting my hands dirty and, and playing around with that. But yeah, I felt like this one was uh, worth calling out this idea of like the motivational AI platform. And uh, yeah, I'll link to that in the show notes. The other one is called Optimove. Optimove, like I said, on, the, on their site, they claim to have CRM journeys mapped by AI. So this tool could actually go in the CRM or even the CDP space. Um, I threw them into email because they kind of all fall into this like personalization space. Uh, but with the acquisitions they've made over the last few years, um, you know, they, they could fall into a bunch of different areas. They they play in the enterprise arena though, and they're primarily serving retailers and, and gaming operators, but they have a really interesting suite of AI tools uh, for marketers. And I haven't played around with this. I did get a chance to speak with folks um, that do use it and, and have seen value out of it. Um, but they claim essentially to provide personalized recommendation campaign orchestration with their AI-based marketing bot. So their bot is called OptiBot. Um, but it's really cool. It provides what they call self-optimizing campaigns that are essentially advanced ABN campaign testing that automatically serves the best treatment to individual customers through the use of machine learning. So they have a, a pretty cool like a uh, product feature overview. I'll, I'll link to that there. Um, but again, like this is like another one that's not just using GPT on the side as kind of an added feature to it. They have a, a really interesting suite um, of tools around that. And like I said, they're, they're also a CDP and, and a CRM. So I'm always cautious of those tools that are trying to be like everything for everyone. Um, um, but they, they have a really interesting angle to this and um, I think are worth uh, kicking uh, and, and, and playing around with a free trial. But like I said, like they're mostly focused on, on retailers and probably pretty expensive since they're in that enterprise space. But um, yeah, those are two examples. Uh, there's, there's also a, a couple of other ones, but I wanted to jump to uh, a different category. So we did content marketing and uh, we talked a bit about email and personalization. Um, I'm actually really excited about predictive analytics. It's a super cool niche of AI applications. It's essentially enabling us to anticipate trends and patterns of consumer behavior based on a bunch of user data. And done right, you can do some really cool things like uncovering users that are ready to buy amongst a sea of like tire kickers. So finding like actual MQLs without like doing your manual lead scoring, uh, find free users that are primed for upsells and anticipate customers that are about to churn and your um, account manager should, should reach out to. 
So the first one that I wanted to cover is called, it actually has a bunch of different names. Um, like Vidora is initially the company, the product that they use is called Cortex, but Vidora was acquired by MParticle. Um, this is the, the popular uh, segment competitor in the CDP space. Um, so uh, Vidora still has the website, vidora.com, um, and they're leveraging machine learning automation tools. So uh, I wanted to start by calling out a few of these like no-code, low-code predictive analytics slash like ML platforms. Um, there's not a ton of in, in this space, um, but it has been growing over the past few years. There's many of the big analytics players like Clicks, AutoML, IBM's Watson, Amazon SageMaker, Google's AutoML, they all have like ML specific tools um, that do some of the stuff, but it's built for data scientists, not marketers. Vidora is worth calling out here because it was built for knowledge workers and, and people like marketers. Um, they were founded by three academics while pursuing their PhDs at Caltech and Berkeley, um, and they built systems that utilized machine learning to convert raw data into informed decisions. Their initial vision was kind of like democratizing machine learning capabilities for everyone and not just data scientists. They're actually a tiny 20-person uh, startup in San Francisco, like I said, but it's like they, they were actually acquired by uh, MParticle, uh, a popular CDP. So anyways, all that to be said, like Vidora's platform, Cortex, essentially provides you with the ability to build distinct pipelines, uh, pipelines for your customer data. So, you know, obviously this being hooked up to MParticle, like similar to Segment, they're a customer data platform that's just like um, ingesting a lot of your user data, what people are doing on your site, what they're doing inside of the product. And they provide you the ability to build like custom pipelines for this. So you can essentially, for example, if your your goal is to identify the customers with the highest probability of purchasing your product in the next 30 days, the pipeline allows you to enhance your targeting uh, ROI by focusing on on this specific segment. So basically like when I was at wordpress.com, we had a full team of uh, a full data team packed with a bunch of data scientists and they had built their own custom proprietary propensity models. And we could like build a model for any individual action. So if I wanted to like build a model to see who is going to churn in the next 30 days, um, the likelihood of doing that was actually like pretty good because wordpress.com had like a massive user data set and had been around for like multiple decades. Um, but what Vidora is kind of promising here is like allowing teams that are SMBs or startups that don't have as much data and don't maybe have a data science team to build these pipelines. Um, they're actually providing the ability to build some of these um, machine learning pipelines for your own customer data. So super interesting use case here. And, and um, again, like not one that I've personally played around with, but might actually um, give a stab at it. They, they actually have a... Uh, destination connection with a segment as well as MParticle. But there's other similar ones in here that are kind of providing uh, machine learning data platforms as a service for marketers or knowledge workers. Pican.ai and Accio.com are, are two other ones that I'll link in the show notes as well. But yeah, I, obviously I want to talk about Sixth Sense here. Um, they're a super popular tool in there, especially in the enterprise uh, marketing operations space. Um, not specifically an ML tool, but it has a wider set of use cases that are kind of a mix of intent data and predictive analytics, as well as a slice of lead scoring. Again, like more of a suite of tools. Like if you go on their site and you see products, 
there's like a bunch of different uh, things in there. But yeah, they, they've also been around for a really long time, like a decade plus. They they do things a bit differently, though. And like, I think this is worth unpacking and and, and why like I have this 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 thing about like, um, like going a bit deeper and doing advanced AI isn't just training machine learning models on your own data. It's like taking this a step further by looking at um, intent data, your own first party data, but also third party behavioral data. So this is what Sixth Sense does. They use real-time data about your buyers to predict their buying intent and what their current purchasing stage might be. But they also uncover some of the magic in a blog post about the predictive engine. Uh, I'll link that in the show notes. But it, they essentially claim to be using three things um, as part of their model. So the first thing is intent data, web visits, content engagements, but also third-party user behavior data from all over uh, the internet. Um, and this is the piece that's a bit like proprietary there. Number two is historical data, uh, which is like what a lot of the other uh, data um, pipelines as a service we're offering historical data, like events that led up to a sales in the past that you have in, in your CDP or in your data warehouse. And number three is like they have a layer of ICP in there. So your ideal customer profile, you set that up, you put in like what the firmographic or the technographic data requirements are that really like make up your ideal customer profile. But yeah, it's really interesting because they layer intent data on top of historical data, and then they filter it through an ICP. And the output is essentially a really nice target list of accounts that show intent to buy and are a good fit for your solution. So it's like really popular for uh, for enterprise companies. Pretty sure this has to be expensive. Never use them myself. Um, but like I said, the secret sauce here is really the third party intent data. And this is hidden data that they are able to assign to leads and accounts. And part of the source here is Sixth Sense's proprietary intent network. And they basically have other B2B review sites like G2 Crowd, Trust Radius, and PeerSpot are part of this stuff here. So if someone is like searching on G2 to start their journey and they're looking at marketing automation tools and you're selling a marketing automation tool and then they go on your site, like you can see what they browse on G2 Crowd or like that intent data is higher because they came from a review site so anyways that i thought that was a really interesting way of doing it because like six cents isn't just building this model on top of um your historical user data they are including that but they're also including uh third-party uh, behavior data from across a bunch of different sources online um one that's a bit different and, and a lot newer uh i wanted to highlight these guys they're called kumo so kumo.ai is the website they're founded by yuri leskovec a former stanford university computer science professor he's known for his bold assertion that ai would eventually be capable of predicting the future and he said this many years ago um he partnered with the former cto of pinterest and airbnb as well as the former head of growth ai at linkedin to build kumo so some pretty impressive uh names and, and background there but using kumo essentially the promise is that companies can not only analyze past events but also predict future opportunities and what makes kumo unique than some of these other tools is they use the third um, ai technology that i mentioned at the top of the episode gnn's graph neural networks to identify patterns and relationships in complex data sets that can't be easily analyzed by marketers or even data analysts. Um, 
This essentially allows marketers that use Kumo to anticipate customer behavior, how much they'll spend, uh, which new products they might be interested in, things that would make them leave for a competitor. And we're able to use that to offer personalized product recommendations, promotions, and and communications that are tailored to some of these folks, right? So yeah, I mean, the, the I haven't played around with this. This, this is still super new. Um, I think you might have to just like uh, sign up for a wait list on this one. But yeah, predictive analytics isn't a new concept like i said right like we talked a bit about that in in our first episode uh, with propensity models but this is essentially operationalizing it in, in a step further and not just on your company's data set um, imagine unlocking this capability for for startups so yeah the idea is that marketing operations teams um, would change their focus to focus on like future customer behaviors as opposed to like what people have done in the past so yeah, uh, predictive analytics has a whole bunch of use cases and uh, going to be a really interesting space to uh, keep an eye on. All right, next up is presentation tools. So like this is like text to presentation or text to pitch deck uh, type of tools. Um, one that's really got a lot of hype out there is Tome. They're in beta right now. So the site is beta.tome.app. Um, they're there's countless of these AI productivity tools that are super similar. Um, but like I said, one that's been buzzing lately is Tome. They're founded by uh, product leads from Facebook and Instagram. And they recently got a 43 million uh, Series B funding round. They launched this like innovative document to presentation AI tool. Um, it utilizes GPT-4 to generate text as well as images and transform a document into compelling presentations narratives and stories uh, some of the folks that have been using it have been posting some really cool uh examples and um, um, like video walkthroughs of what they've done and it's actually pretty impressive like the time it takes you to go from a document to like a powerpoint or um, whatever google slides presentation like could be encumbersome sometimes um, but they have this really cool tile system that kind of sets it apart from a lot of these generative uh, powerpoint tools on the market and it definitely gives uh, Microsoft a, a run for its money here. And not only does it offer this like robust functionality, but it's also really sleek and um, has some pretty impressive design. So yeah, if you're building a lot of slide decks, uh, there's a lot of these tools out there to, to check out. But I think Tome is um, one of the ones to check out. I, I've been really impressed uh, with uh, playing around with it recently. Um, another category that might not be synonymous to AI, uh, to, to marketing specifically, is this like category of 3D animation tools. And uh, one that's like caught my eye a lot recently is Spline AI. Um, so the site is spline.design slash AI. They, they were created by a guy called Alejandro Leon. It's a YC21 startup that's building a 3D design platform comparable to Figma in a sense. It basically allows you to convert text to 3D animations. Um, so for decades, creating in 3D has been super hard and Spline is like changing this essentially. You can basically create objects and scenes. You can edit those objects, colors and properties and physics and randomness as well. You can create animations as well as events, generate style alternatives and collaborate with others as well, kind of that Figma angle. Uh, 
but yeah, the applications for videos and like product marketers are endless here. Like being able to like animate a physical product on your site or just like see how people are using it or just like make your site uh, or your product a bit more interactive. Um, I'll, I'll link to the demo of uh, Spline here, but um, yeah, I, I've actually had a lot of fun playing around with this uh, this tool recently. All right, another category is sales. So this is a big bucket, obviously. Um, sales does a lot of like outbound calling type stuff, outbound emailing. And, and we know that like generative content tools and like AI assistants are, are really big. But there's a cool category as well uh, that's focused on sales that's um, specifically like training your like outbound reps. So like instead of like replacing them, it's like actually like coaching them and, and teaching them how to like write better or how to use terms a, a bit differently. But yeah, AI powered sales tools are popping up every week, especially in the niche of email outreach. There's like personalization, subject line optimization, send time optimization, like coaching, auto suggest. Those are just like a few of the areas Areas where AI could potentially enhance your email campaigns. And yeah, like I said, natural language processing can analyze email responses that are coming in and you can, they, they can suggest next steps, like things to, to kind of follow up. So you don't have to manually do a lot of that, but helping your sales team respond more efficiently. But yeah, there's tons of players in this space. There's like Cresta, there's Lion, or there's Reggie. Um, but yeah, Cresta is the one that like jumped out the most to me. And um, I, I signed up for it, I played around with it a little bit, but it's not really in my niche. Um, but Cresta was funded out of the AI grant program organized by some of the brightest tech minds in AI. Their founder, um, S. Zaid Anam, chose to leave his PhD program at Stanford to establish the startup. They specifically provide AI guidance software and support that elevates each sales reps on your team uh, with like behavioral monitoring of your agents and enhance performance and locate solutions and areas to streamline uh, different tasks. But yeah, I mean, this like whole AI sales email coach side, um, assisting your team in real time to get more positive replies and better emails faster. Um, it's it's a huge space and, and there's a lot of hype. There's lavender.ai, like I said, Cresta, Lynn.ai, Reggie.ai. Um, worth checking those out if you're kind of like on the the revenue ops and the sales ops side of things. Um, definitely worth like spinning up a, a couple of free trials and, and seeing what your sales teams uh, thinks about that. All right, we've got web creators, ad and social creative, as well as a bit of a blurb on auto GPT left. So um, hang hang with me if uh, if you're you're still uh, kicking around. So yeah, web creators, you know, personally uh, closely tied to the space. I like spent uh, spent a lot of time in the WordPress world. Um, but I wanted to highlight uh, Butternut AI. So Butternut.ai is a site. Uh, their their HP has created a stunning website in 20 seconds with AI. So complete website with text and visuals ready to launch. Just name your business and give me keywords about the site, essentially. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty huge. Butternut.ai uses generative AI tech to uh, allow users to create websites by simply answering a bunch of different text prompts. So it's not just uh, those first two questions, but um, the tool is designed to function like a personal developer, providing users with kind of this efficient, cost-effective solution for creating and editing websites. 
but but another idea is continuously improving and uh, I've played around with it and spun up some pretty cool websites uh, really fast um, and they're actually currently working on v2 uh, version that will offer more uh, design and editing uh, functionalities but users can even like command the AI to perform specific tasks like creating a pricing page with a CTA to sign up create a resource page so there's there's some really cool tools in, in this space uh, I'll link to a couple of the other ones like stunning.so as well as 10web.io are doing some really cool like um, text to website creators uh, this space is uh, gonna be blowing up there's a lot of hype around it and it's uh, yeah it's super fun ad and social creative is also a really interesting one like i said this one could also be lumped into kind of like a content marketing tools like and generative content side of things this is more like short form type of content but i wanted to highlight albert.ai um, they claim to be the world's only marketing ai that's autonomous cross-channel and uh, it can be implemented in weeks not months so it's an autonomous self-learning digital marketing tool that uses machine learning learning and uh, natural language processing, as well as analytics to automate and optimize your paid ad campaigns. So they specifically focus on Google search and programmatic channels like Facebook and Instagram, YouTube and Bing, I think fall in that category too. Uh, but they can like more than just like create copy for ads for you they automate bidding on uh, and then budget allocation for you um, they suggest keyword and audience targeting as well as creative testing and optimization it feels a bit like wizardry like if you're in the um ad space and like you're you're like i think some of these tools have been kicked around a while and you're just like you don't really trust it um i've spoken to a couple of people that do use it that like are crushing it with this. So, you know, obviously the part that stands out here is that like, unlike many of the other campaign AI tools that just spit out recommendations and then a marketer takes the action, Albert claims to be one of the first tools that's the autonomous AI piece of this. It also does the action for you. Um, but not only that, it's also making adjustments and improvements constantly. So you seem to be able to like set guardrails for it, of course. So it doesn't end up like spending your whole like yearly budget in a couple of weeks. But yeah, they claim to have the ability to identify trends, uncover new audience segments, optimize placements. Um, yeah, I had uh, a dive into some of their docs and they say that they're more useful today in large data set areas like uh, B2C environments. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of these uh, other tools in there. I thought um, Albert was worth calling out because of the the uh, autonomous piece to this and might be worth like checking out for uh, folks that are really deep into that ad side of things. Um, there's also a tool called adcreative.ai. Um, they, again, like a powered ad and social creatives. Um, so um, they're actually really popular. Like I've seen them uh, pop up a lot of times when we're talking about like generating conversion focused ad creatives and social media posts uh, but again they're not I, I don't think doing the autonomous piece of like posting and bidding on stuff like that but there's a ton of these like um, uh, text generators specific for ads but they also like spin up copy uh, sorry they also spin up uh, images and uh, alternatives for that so um, yeah really cool applications in uh, the advertising space as well all right uh, before we wrap up I 
I think it would be foolish to not talk about um, auto GPT and AI agents if we're doing an episode about AI tools. Um, and you know, you you've probably heard of of some of these tools out there. Um, essentially, you can assign an objective to an AI agent, and they work on tasks that lead to accomplish that objective. So it's not just one chat GPT agent that, you know, you're prompting it. Um, and like, it, basically it's making prompting a lot easier. And instead of giving full instructions, the AI agent identifies the necessary steps to achieve your goal. And some of the more advanced ones generate additional AI assistance. So it's not just the one um, AI that's working for you. You may have seen this on Twitter. I think one of the first true demos of it was Yohei uh, Nakajima's impressive demonstration of baby AGI. But things started to really blow up with auto GPT. Uh, that was released by uh, Sid Gravitas just uh, a couple of weeks ago. So it, it basically it's described as like a self-running AI agent that can write its own code, heal itself from errors, and access the internet via Google search. And it does sound really cool, especially for marketers for several different reasons. Um, it, it has internet access, um, long-term and short-term memory management as well when you're having conversations with it and giving it input. It does do text generation, but it also integrates with 11 labs uh, for AI text-to-speech generation. But it's it's arguable that all of this will be possible with GPT plugins eventually um, when that's released and there's a bunch of different applications in there. But uh, let's unpack like what uh, like how marketers could be using um, AI agents or auto GPT similar tools. So social media is primed for automation and like um, tools like Alfred um, and, and Meetager are automating a lot of the stuff already. But like. Lots of the work here um, can totally be automated on social media, uh, but like imagine setting an AI agent completely loose with the objective of creating content, scheduling posts, not just and not just like scheduling them, but like also posting them and then replying to comments and questions and flagging your team if there's like a more complex question or stuff like that. Like basically, um, like giving the keys to an AI agent that like you're you know like paying a social media team right now. Uh, replying to questions is like a, a huge part of customer service, right? Like you could argue that this is another area that's already been kind of automated with chatbots, especially the better ones connected to help docs. But like imagine setting an AI agent loose with the objective of really just like understanding your customer questions and not just picking a keyword and recommending a help article like a lot of chatbots do today, but it could speak any language and you could train it on like your brand and your tone. Anyways, we're we're still really early on this like uh, AI agent side of things, but there's already been a ton of innovation. Um, I'll I'll link out to some of the other ones here, but you know, um, there's there's a, there's a couple that you can play around with today that I've been like sucked into the rabbit hole of. Um, the one that's worth checking out is Cognosis. So uh, the site is uh, cognosis.ai. They're AI-powered agents at your fingertips. So they basically found a way to um, operate your own personal auto GPT agent in your browser, which is uh, currently free to utilize. I don't know if they're going to change that at some point soon. Um, but I've personally played around with it quite a bit, and it's actually really wild. Like It's still early and not perfect, but um, it's really cool seeing how it will add a bunch of tasks to get to the objective that you basically give it. 
So the beta is still on 3.5, uh, GPT 3.5. So again, it's still, it's far, far from being perfect, but one of the, my favorite examples and how I used it was like, so like, so the main objective that I fed Cognosis, um, this auto GPT tool was to build a list of AI tools that have a marketing application that were released in the last three months. And here were the follow-up tasks that it added to get to that objective. So number one, it's just like, I need to retrieve a list of all the AI tools that were released in the last three months. Then number two, I need to filter that list to only include tools that have a marketing application. Then number three, I need to compile the filtered list into a final list of AI tools that have marketing applications that were released in the last three months. And so like to the, the first task of uh, the final list of AI tools with marketing applications released in the last three months, um, they gave me a bunch of them that I ended up like putting in, in the discussion here. Like Cortex was was part of that. They had Pathmatics. Um, and then it added a bunch of extra tasks on there that I didn't like really um, ask it, but like it, it then like wanted to research and compile a list of AI tools that have a marketing application that were released in the last six months. And then they wanted to identify unique features and functionality of each AI tool uh, on the list and then create a comparison chart for to help me like pitch which ones I, I should play with. Then it wanted to conduct a survey of marketing professionals to gather feedback in addition and, and opinions on these tools. But then it apologized and said that it can't perform that task. But I also wanted to like research and compile a list of case studies showcasing successful implementations of that and actually spun up a really cool case study about Coke using Albert, uh, the, the tool that we just talked about on, on social media and um, to, to automate a lot of their campaigns. But anyways, like it, the the opportunities were really cool here. Like it was wild seeing it just kind of like give it an objective and then just like letting it run wild. And you can just like see it kind of function um, like over time. But uh, yeah, I mean, like some of the other ones that are out there that I found on GitHub repos are agentgpt.rework.ai. There's app.hyperwriteai.com, as well as godmode.space, which is uh, even uh, a bit crazier there. But yeah, I mean, this space is uh, changing super uh, freaking fast. But uh, yeah, AI agents are, are going to be a really interesting um, piece of the, the AI tool landscape for, for marketers here. All right. If you're still hanging around, you're definitely an AI geek for marketing like like I am. Uh, I applaud you for for sticking around um, this far into it. So I have this other category. The last category is just like other. I didn't know like how to fit some of these in there. But through my research, um, I just thought these things, uh, these tools were just like too cool not to include in there. So the first one I want to talk about is rewind.ai and not the rewind uh, Shopify uh, integrator that uh, is based out of Ottawa in my hometown, but rewind.ai. Uh, I'll link to the the Twitter um, breakdown of this. Uh, the founder basically has like a an open uh, pitch deck video talking about it because he doesn't want to do like one to one individual uh, investment calls. Um, but this is super cool. So you, you may have seen their public investor pitch uh, on Twitter. The founder is the former creator of Optimizely, and his team built a way for you to record and store everything you've said or heard or seen, and they make it searchable. So basically, like um, you open your laptop and you have like a Zoom thing, or you're like browsing uh, online, you're listening to a podcast, like all of that is being uh, tracked and stored locally for you. And they make it searchable. So like you can be like yesterday, like that podcast that I read or that I was listening to, like 
give me the timestamp where uh, Joe Rogan was talking about like an AI invasion. So like, obviously there's huge privacy considerations here with something like this. Like if you're like popping up your bank statements and, and shit like that, but um, they claim that everything is like um, robust in the sense that it's all stored locally. So it's not like uploaded to the cloud or anything like that, but um, people don't seem to care that much. Um, Rewind actually went from zero to 700 K in annual recurring revenue in only three months after launching. Um, they had a huge launch on product hunt, but, um, yeah, I think that one was a really cool tool and, um, yeah, I, I signed up for it and find it a bit creepy, but has been really useful and, and handy already so far. Uh, another tool is called perplexity AI. So perplexity.ai. They're a startup that's changing the way we search the web. So a lot of like the, the hesitations with uh, ChatGPT is like, oh, it's right now, it's just the 2021's worth of like internet data. And they're going to be changing that with uh, browsing right now if you got access to that. But Perplexity's uh, conversational search engine, you can ask questions in plain English and get accurate answers from various sources. And with uh, $26 million in Series A funding, including investments from uh, Ed Gill, who uh, we uh, mentioned in episode number two of some of the most important people to follow in AI, they're looking to revolutionize this like search engine game. Their AI tech sets it apart from traditional search engines like Google, um, and their chatbot-like interface is super user-friendly and intuitive and yes it is built on top of gpt so their focus on accuracy is a breath of fresh air in this era where search engines can be manipulated by advertisers and in search engine optimization but yeah the series a funds um will be used to optimize their knowledge base and expand their reach but yeah all in all perplexity ai is definitely one to watch uh in the coming years and, and they're building something really cool uh, one that I found was more like fun uh, and, and worth highlighting here, and maybe you played around with it if you're actually still listening to this uh, this episode right now, uh, Character AI. So the site is beta.character.ai. Um, but imagine being able to have a one-to-one -one conversation with your favorite celebrity or fictional character. Well, that's essentially what Character.ai has built. Um, it's an innovative AI website created by two former Google engineers. And the platform has been growing really, really fast uh, in popularity. They, they launched last September, I think. They're offering users the opportunity to chat with a wide range of characters for free so far. Um, but like the interactions are so seamless that some users have reported spending hours chatting with their chosen personality, almost forgetting that they're talking to a machine. Um, I've had chats with uh, multiple of uh, like uh, some of the engines that they created on there. Uh, there's a bit of a catch, like the interactions are not real and the AI's responses might always be uh, accurate and reliable, but um, it's been embraced by a bunch of different people who are looking for new ways to uh, like engage with their favorite personalities and particularly online and stuff like that. So the applications on um, like the entertainment industry for, for marketing might be uh, really, really high and they're actually making the barrier to entry for writing fan fiction uh, really low in a lot of cool use cases. Um, yeah, obviously there's some concerns, right? Like on the new frontier for fan culture, offering new ways of fans to engage with favorite personalities, but the, you know, the platform's growth and popularity is a testament to like this human need for connection. And, uh, definitely one that I've uh, been playing around with uh, quite a bit. Um, all right. I've only got a 
last one to kind of uh, highlight here. And I didn't know where to put this. This is similar to, to Replit, if you're familiar with it. But this is a tool called Magic. Magic.dev is their site. And this is their homepage. They say, what if you had a colleague inside your computer? We're working on a fundamental research to make this possible and we're hiring. So they actually demonstrate how this is done. So you can basically interact with code like the code was written by one of your coworkers. And you're just like, hey, like, what is this code doing right now? And the AI is like, oh, it seems to be a calculator app that's written in React. And you can be like, oh, can we add a multiplication and division feature to this? Sure thing. And you can see it kind of doing that. Um, in real time and you can see the changes in the code. So yeah, magic, they're a startup developing this AI driven tool to help start a software engineers, write review and debug plan, uh, code changes. They just raised 23 million in a funding round led by, uh, alphabets, capital G, uh, the platform CEO, Eric Steinberger was inspired by AI at a young age and is using his experience as an AI researcher to create a tool that will communicate with users in natural language helping to improve the speed and cost of developing software. So he's claiming that Magic uh, can understand legacy code and collaborate with users. Um, the AI colleague that Magic offers will be able to understand the code, help developers navigate it, or even non-technical uh, folks navigate it, like a marketer, like help me dissect the CSS part of my website. Like I don't understand what my um, old team was was doing this year, but um, yeah, like the impact on their current employees and, and train new employees with less personal coaching might be uh, really cool here. But what I read is that like what sets us apart and it kind of allows the developers to describe what they want in English and the AI will understand it and collaborate with them on making changes to the code set that's really really groundbreaking for for marketers that are trying to to do some of this stuff as well um, but it means that like developers can work with magic like a colleague and send messages uh, telling what they want the changes to be as opposed to just like always doing uh, the changes themselves this one is also um, not built on GPT. The company has developed its own neural network architecture that can rapidly read code and is capable of detecting and, and warning about overcoming potential bugs in the code. Um, so yeah, one to to keep an eye on for for sure. Uh, there's some interesting uh, investments on on this side there, but that's the last one that I wanted to um, call out. But I also have uh, a short list of honorable uh, mentions here. Um, so if you've, you've stuck with me this long, like, um, might as well, uh, write a few of these down if they sound interesting to you. So the first one is Galileo AI. Um, you can basically create editable UI designs from text descriptions. So use Galileo.ai. Uh, another one is Notocat. You can write newsletters in Notion and send them directly to your subscribers from Notocat. Uh, Brain.fm is one that I use uh, weekly, if not daily, sometimes when I'm working. Music made by artificial intelligence that's scientifically proven to increase your focus. They've been around before this AI hype storm. Um, meeting notes and transcription apps. There's a lot of those out there. TLDV.io, vowel.com. Uh, check some of those out. I've been using some of those and they're super helpful. Uh, image vectorizer. So uh, vectorizer.io. Um, this is cool if you use Midjourney like me to, 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 to uh, go from text to images. The images isn't like high quality. You you get to like whatever output it is. Um, but you can use image vectorizer tools to turn small images into vector uh, size images that um, you know are, are 
not rasterized and you can make them as, as big as you want. Um, super cool AI tech that that powers the ability to do this. Um, I've been playing around with it and it's like amazing. Um, a speech to text generator for podcasts. Um, you know, you can create notes and timestamps and summary content. Um, I'm going to be testing this out for this episode, actually. Um, castmagic.io does this. Podsqueeze.com does this. There's a couple other ones as well. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of these like text to something else, right? So like text to speech, AI voice generators, Murph.ai and 11labs.io have a really cool uh, text to speech product where um, it sounds like really, really good. There's text to music AI uh, music generator that's like royalty free music for like your podcast, your videos or whatever. That's moobert.com. Uh, there's also text to SQL query, like connect to your uh, database and then ask you, your database a question. Uh, usechannel.com uh, is doing this. And then I wanted to also call out Teachable's AI course curriculum generator. If uh, I, I was actually like um, uh, chatting with JT about like building a course on like AI for marketers and I uh, was like playing around with Teachable's AI course curriculum generator and like what some of the output was there. But yeah, man, like uh, the... The amount of tools that are worth like playing around with and and uh, and jumping into and starting a free trial is kind of endless here. Um, even before I I was on pat leave, I, I was already like spending my free time jumping in and and learning some of these tools there. But yeah, I feel like the opportunities are endless with AI tools and applications go far beyond marketing. Like if you're listening to this and you're just like, oh, like yeah, this is cool for marketing, but like. What, what else can can I do with some of this stuff? And like, I see too many people on Twitter dunking on using GPT just to like help you generate text or using it as like a search engine or a fact checker. Um, like these people are missing the big picture. Like people are also using AI to help them build custom meal plans, like custom exercise plans, like JT said in the last episode, building sleep plans, building routines and schedules with their newborn. Like I've been using planning road trips and date ideas, acting as a therapist or getting movie book recommendations planning a party, like designing a personal budget, assisting with your resume or cover letter writing, summarizing long articles, writing SQL queries, explaining Python and CSS code in plain English. Like the applications are endless here. And um, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for sticking along. Uh, if, if you're still listening to this episode here, it's been super fun and definitely like kind of the, the culmination of our, uh, our AI uh, four-parter. Uh, this would have been a massive episode if we did it all in one. Um, but yeah, hope you've, uh, really enjoyed it. I'm going to try to bookend it with kind of this, um, conclusion that's summarizing, uh, takeaways from all four of our episodes. So you heard it here first, folks. It's not like our marketing jobs are going to vanish overnight, uh, at least hopefully, but the shift is happening faster than many of us realize. And, you know, it's worth raising the alarm bells right now and figuring out what to do about it. AI is no longer just a loosely backed buzzword. It's doing things today that we used to think were impossible just like a year or two ago. So as marketers, we've got to take this tech seriously. There's four main things marketers should be doing to future-proof their careers. Number one, instead of asking if AI is going to replace our roles in marketing, we should be talking about how quickly it could happen and what it'll look like if it does. Number two, Staying informed and learning from some of the best podcasts and newsletters about AI. Check out Ben's Bytes, Snow Prior's podcast, a Guide for Thinking Humans, and the AI Exchange are all great resources. And we dive deep into a bunch of other ones in our second uh, part of our AI series. Number three, now is the time to figure out if you need to make changes to your current area of specialty. 
Ask yourself if you should double down on additional areas of marketing like data and API services, getting closer to product and customers, or starting to learn about ethics and data privacy. Now's the time to be thinking about that shit, not like in two or three years when like the job prospects are way lower or like shit is way different. You're just like, fuck, I wish I had taken that AI thing seriously earlier. And number four, I'll leave you with this. Stay curious, get your hands dirty and experiment fearlessly. Fill out some forms, spin up a free trial, get on the wait list, give new AI tools a chance. It's only by actually getting your hands dirty that you'll discover which tools truly work for you and which are just part of the ever-growing sea of gimmicky AI tools. Humans of MarTech, thank you for uh, hanging out with me and uh, taking this deep dive in marketing AI tools. I would love for you to hit me up, uh, hit me and JT up on what tools you're using today that I didn't highlight here. Uh, I definitely missed a few. This is only like a, a sliver of the tools that are out there today. But uh, yeah, thank you for your time. This has been a uh, huge fun.